Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. This is my mom. Am I going to get paid for this? <laughs> and Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. That's how I know. <laughs> On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Thursday, February 23rd. Good morning, and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air on the Memorial of St. Polycarp, Bishop, and Martyr. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverance and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond. It's great to be with you on this Thursday after Ash Wednesday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, even though Lent is underway, here we are in day two. If you haven't signed up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, it is still not too late. You can do it this morning. It's super easy. You can do it in a split second at relevantradio.com slash Lent. Today's uh, lesson is all about genuflecting, genuflecting in front of the Blessed Sacrament. As always, Father Rocky does a fantastic job with these uh, Lenten lessons on the Mass. Now, today is the memorial of St. Polycarp, bishop and martyr. St. Polycarp converted to Christianity, and he was a disciple of St. John the Apostle. He was also friends with St. Ignatius of Antioch, and he even taught St. Irenaeus. At age 86, a Roman pro-council asked St. Polycarp to renounce his faith in Jesus Christ or face death. And this was his answer. Eighty-six years I have served him, and he has never done me wrong. How then should I be able to blaspheme my king who has saved me? A powerful response and a great example for us from St. Polycarp, and that was from The Martyrdom of Polycarp, written at about 155 A.D. I want to bring in my colleagues, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are a few of the big stories that are making headlines here this hour on this Thursday morning? Well, I do like the color blue, but there sure is a lot of it on the radar stretching across the country from the Dakotas through Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, over into New York and New England. A lot of snow today, winter storm warnings out there, blizzard warnings out for parts of the upper Midwest, and uh, things have really come to a standstill in a good chunk of Minnesota. Over a thousand flights canceled as well across the northern tier of states, and of course uh, our uh, flight system very interconnected uh, around the country, so when one or two or three airports get slowed down, it really has a effect. So beware of that. Call ahead if you're planning to go somewhere. And uh, if you're in one of those snow-covered areas, if you can, uh, enjoy the snow and uh, stay off the roads if possible. And there's a ton of people uh, that have no power, no electricity. I understand there's about nearly 800,000 folks in many states across the country who have no power. Yeah, Michigan hit especially hard in that area. And uh, so... Uh, that can be associated with uh, keeping the furnace running as well this time of year. So uh, we uh, hope that uh, things get back uh, to normal pretty quickly. And uh, kudos to those out climbing on the, the power poles and fixing things in this kind of weather, too. And it's uh, always a reminder this time of year to drive carefully, drive slowly, follow your signs when there's snow and especially ice on the road, black ice. Sometimes everything looks fine, but it's not fine, Glenn. Yeah, that's especially when it's really cold, but for now, just that snow and, uh, you know, it doesn't take too much to end up in the ditch and then you could sit for quite a while. So, uh, you know, don't 
and, and sometimes you might think, well, I've got to, I've got to pick up, you know, I've got to pick up with four wheel drive. I can zip right through stuff. Um, not always. So, you know, uh, remember those good winter driving practices. We, we seem to forget that so easily from year to year. Well, and if it's one of those days where, you know, you don't really have to go in the office, I mean, it's okay to stay home and I mean, it's national chili day, make some chili. You got one day till Friday, oh, yeah. you know, and save those leftovers from chili day, uh, for a Saturday or Sunday, but, uh, yeah, it's a good time to stay in if you're in one of those places where it's just it's not going to be a good day. Don't take the chance. Is today National Chili Day? It surely is. Wow. So you can do that and kind of, you know, some people like it hot. Some like it hot, <laughs> as they say, and some uh, don't like it as much. But, uh, you know, there's lots of different ways to make your chili and to top it. You know, top your chili. Sometimes people are adding that those uh, noodles to it, too, to make it a little chili mac. So what, many ways to celebrate Chili My Day. My wife's it's not the- bad. Make some fabulous uh, chili with cheese on top. Uh, I, I know she's listening. Well, good. I'm you know, good. I, I first discovered I, I'm, a, I'm a chili connoisseur. I don't know what connoisseur. I like it. But I did, in Wisconsin, they put the noodles in it. And it's like, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. As far as toppings, though, uh, you know, crunch up some Fritos on there. That's a pretty good way to go, I'd say. That we you know there's so many ways. I can't say that there's a bad way to have chili. There's we we must love it so much here in America that we've come up with multiple different ways to eat it and to have those leftovers. Well, let's uh, let's segue to a, a little bit of a, of a much more difficult uh, story. Uh, that horrific shooting uh, of a TV reporter in Orlando yesterday while reporting uh, on a homicide scene. Uh, just a very disturbing story, and it really hit home a, a fellow journalist, fellow uh, colleague in the media, and uh, you know, reporter and his cameraman. Uh, one died, the other one in critical condition. Yeah, very sad uh, story out of uh, Orlando, a murder in the morning. Uh, reporters out there in the midday on the scene, and uh, the shooter was still around. Shot at the TV truck, uh, killing the reporter and uh, critically wounding the cameraman, and also going into a nearby house and, uh, and shooting two there, a mom and child, and, and killing one as well. And uh, we're maybe a little more accustomed to hearing occasional stories, maybe from war zones of reporters uh, losing their life. Uh, on the job, but uh, pretty rare and pretty shocking to to see that happen here in the U.S. It is pretty rare. According to reports, uh, 40 journalists uh, were killed in action last year. Um, the vast majority uh, in other parts of the world, only one here in the U.S. Uh, but but uh, yesterday's sh- shooting of uh, the Channel 13 news reporter, uh, really, really uh, shocking. And uh, obviously our, our, our prayers are with his family and uh, with all the families that are involved in that shooting, including that nine-year-old little girl who perished and her mother, who is in critical condition as well. And John, you talked about some of your TV days uh, as a reporter, uh, mostly covering sports, but occasionally finding yourself in uh, some scarier neighborhoods on occasion. Absolutely. I traveled many a day in, in live trucks and in, in, uh, uh, those unmarked uh, you know, Jeep-type vehicles, SUV-type vehicles. And every once in a while, we'd be called into a, a dangerous area uh, to, to go get some footage of, of a crime scene. And so you just never know what's going to happen. And uh, this is why we... Uh, you don't have to always uh, trust in the Lord, uh, in divine providence that the Lord I- is with you. So, because uh, you never know the day or the hour, like uh, what happened yesterday. As always, uh, thanks so much, uh, Glenn and Sarah. Yeah, sure thing, John. We um, always start every hour in prayer here on Morning Air, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. Always praying through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. On Thursdays, always take a moment to remind you uh, that it was on Holy Thursday that our Lord Jesus Christ instituted the Holy Eucharist. Uh, during this Eucharistic revival that our bishops have called for, let's try uh, to make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament sometime today if it's possible, or uh, make an extra visit this week if you can. You can always find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show. And if you want to reach us directly with your thoughts or any story ideas, our email is morningair at relevantradio.com. Our number, if you want to be part of the program this morning, 888-914-9149. Now I want to shift gears and share an idea with you that we're going to discuss with our next guest here in a moment. When you're driving, many of us use GPS to help guide us to our destination. I never leave home uh, first thing in the morning without turning on my Apple Maps just to get an idea how long it's going to take me to get here to relevant radio early in the morning. Now, when it comes to discipleship, and uh, trying to be a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ, we also need some sort of virtual GPS to guide us, even though we may think that we know exactly where we are going. Joining us live from College Station, Texas, is Morning Air contributor Marcel Lejeune to discuss what a mature lay Catholic disciple actually looks like. Marcel is the president and founder of Catholic Missionary Disciples, a Catholic apostolate that works with Catholic leaders to form missionary disciples who then make missionary disciples. Good morning, Marcel. Thanks so much uh, for uh, being with us here this morning. Great to be uh, with you once again here on day two of Lent. Uh, good morning. Uh, Marcel, um, in your, your recent blog called uh, Pathway of Discipleship, a model to help guide you and others, uh, you have a, a pretty accurate uh, internal GPS, uh, according to your article. Uh, how does this uh, lead us to your perspective on discipleship? Well, if you think about it, if, uh, if you're going on a journey, the first thing you got to know is where you are. It's it's where I am right now. And the second thing you got to know is, where am I going? And then the last is, how am I going to get there? And so these are also, uh, it's a good metaphor for uh, our spiritual lives. It's a good metaphor for discipleship. Where am I right now? In other words, and this is, this is a perfect time for us to ask these questions because we're in the beginning of Lent. Where am I right now spiritually with Jesus Christ? How is the Holy Spirit operating in my life right now? What are the things that, um, you know, that objectively I'm doing well and objectively I maybe need to work on? And, and then once we know that, we have to know where am I going? And this is the big question for a lot of Catholics. If you think about this, Sean, uh, there's a lot of uh, kind of the modern ways that 
Catholicism has, in a sense, and, and we could say Christianity in general, not even just the Catholic Church, we've just become really comfortable. We've become kind of okay with mediocrity. But Jesus teaches that we're supposed to be perfect. He says, be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And Jesus tells us that he is the model to what we're supposed to look like as Christians. He is the model for what we're supposed to look like as Catholic disciples of his, right? Because we're following him. We're supposed to be like him. That's what a disciple does. We become like the master. And so if we're going to be friends and followers of Jesus Christ, we've got to look like him. And I have to say that in some ways we've settled for a much lower bar than what Jesus has set for us in the spiritual life, in in discipleship. And and I'll put it like this. If you were to ask the average Catholic, just the average self-identified Catholic in the United States today, you know, how do I, what do I need to do to be a good Catholic? Well, the average Catholic is going to say, well, you got to go to Mass, and you got to get your sacraments, and, you know, you got to do all these basic things. And, and if you're a, a better Catholic than that, then you're also going to learn about your faith, you're going to pray, uh, you'll raise your kids Catholic. And then if you're what you could call an extraordinary Catholic in the eyes of the, that same person, you might share your faith and evangelize once in a while, especially maybe even in safe places. Now, if you're a young person doing all that stuff, and you're in the average parish, most Catholic parishes don't even have categories for a person who's regularly sharing their faith, who has a deep spiritual life, who's growing in virtue, who is, you know, no longer committing any mortal sins, and the venial sins, you know, you know, there there aren't ruling their lives, and they're very much living a sacramental life and deep in prayer and virtue. You know, if that's a, if you're a young person, there's not even a category for it, and this is why that young person is going to hear from, you know, the other people in the parish, oh, you should be a priest if they're not married, or you should be a deacon if you're married and if you're a man, or you should be a religious uh, sister if you're a woman. Uh, these are it's because we don't even have categories for what a lay person's supposed to look like in that context for because we've lowered the bar so much. And my argument is this that we need to aim for the bar that Jesus Christ has set. And the bar that Jesus Christ has set is so very high. In fact, it's himself. And if that's the case, we all have a lot of work to do. Now, the next question then, so we know we figured out where we are right now, right? Because we've examined our conscience and kind of looked at all these things in comparison to Jesus. We know where we want to go, which is we, we've got a lot of work to do and, and growing ourselves. How do we get there? So how do we get there? Well, first step is to, to make some good re- resolutions and commitments that we're going to change. Now, most of the time, we're not going to do that perfectly, right? I mean, it's kind of stop, start, stop, start, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> um, so once we get to the point where we know how we're going to get there, we also have to gather others around us as well, right? Make the resolution and gather others around ourselves so that we're not walking alone. And, and this, is, this is really what I mean by, you know, having this, having this opportunity to really understand where we are, where we want to go, and how we're going to get there, I think can be life-changing for a lot of people, because it's, it's coming back to the basic understanding of 
I've settled for so much uh, less than what the Lord wants to give me. Well, Marcel, uh, the Lord doesn't want us to be mediocre, uh, the, the way you described it. You know, you, you reminded me of uh, my hero, and I know uh, he's uh, here to you as well, uh, St. John Paul II, uh, who uh, once said, do not be satisfied with mediocrity. And he was speaking to all of us. And uh, and yeah, we, we need to do more than just be average. I remember a football coach used to say, uh, you know, when you're average, you're the top of, of the bottom and the bottom of the top you know you're yeah. lukewarm yeah absolutely and in and, and the scriptures in the book of revelation it says be either hot or cold because if you're lukewarm i'm going to spew you out of my mouth i mean you don't want what happens if you're spewed out of the mouth of the lord that means you don't you no longer have intimacy with him it means you're not going to be in heaven um we're supposed to be on fire for the lord we're and and this is part of our issue again is if we settle, there's so little that we get out of this relationship. We're just trying to slide into heaven or, or skate by or, or just do the basics. And that's not what God wants of us. And, and maybe another analogy could work. You know, if you think about, say, an Olympic athlete or somebody who's training for the Olympics and wants to be a part of the Olympics, um, and, and you were supposed to be a 10,000-meter runner, you can't go out and run one mile every day and think you're going to make the Olympics. Uh, if you're only going to worthy of going out and running one mile as a workout. So if we think we're going to try to be in heaven with God and we're called to perfection in our Lord, you can't just do the basics and think that's okay. You can't just look at everybody else around you and think that's okay because the average weekend jogger who's, you know, that was when, you know, that's the guy who goes out and he runs that mile or two or three miles a day. That's not enough to get you to the Olympics. It's going to take extraordinary training to get you to the Olympics. And this is what sainthood is all about. Sainthood is about being extraordinary. It's not about being average or normal or fitting in. It's about looking at God, not looking at other people. And so if we keep our eyes fixed on God, who is our destination, then we realize sainthood is possible for me. And the universal call to being a saint is what discipleship is all about. That's our goal as disciples of Jesus Christ. It's not okay to just be okay. It's not okay to just be average. It's not okay to be this mediocre, lukewarm Christian. So we have to examine ourselves with some honest eyes. And this is, that, that can be difficult. This is why confession is such a blessing for us as Catholics, because it's it's kind of where we have to be honest with ourselves and with God about where we are. And I, I really recommend to those who might be struggling with, oh, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to be a saint, or I don't think I've got it in me, or I don't know that I could do this. That's, in a sense, the op- that it's a kind of pride, the opposite kind of pride of what we normally talk about, which is, I'm too good for God, I don't need God. In fact, what it is, is the opposite side of the same coin. It says, I'm too low for God. God couldn't do anything through me. See, that's pride. Because pride is a misunderstanding of who we are in light of who God is. And it can either be too high an opinion of ourselves or too low of an opinion of ourselves. And humility is really a right opinion of ourselves. Yes, God has built within me gifts. And yes, God is active in my life and God is working through me. No, it's not because of me 
that great fruit is happening in my apostolate. No, it's not because of me that I'm able to be virtuous. It's because of the grace of God that gives me the power to be able to do that. And so it's a right understanding of self. And this is where we have to really start to work is in a humble understanding of who we are, where we are, where we're going to go, and what God wants out of us to make resolutions that are difficult in order to say that I've been made in a way that screams out, go be an amazing, holy, extraordinary disciple of Jesus Christ and set the world on fire. And that's what God wants of all of us. And, and to realize that it's kind of life-changing, that God can do amazing things through me, that God can change other people's lives through me, that I can be fruitful and that things can be different than what they are right now. But it, it does take a little bit of, oh, I, you mean I can't necessarily fit in with what the average Catholic is supposed to look like? No, you can't. In fact, you're going to have to look different. And, and that also takes a little bit of some courage. Well, we have to keep in mind that our spiritual life, uh, using that metaphor of, uh, of running, is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm. And so we have to uh, fight the good fight and, and run the race for the long haul, keeping in mind uh, that ultimate goal, which is to be in heaven with Jesus and the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and all the angels and saints. That's really our, our goal. It's not just to go through the motions and checking off the box. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the the principles that's really helped me, and it may help some of our listeners today, is that we don't want to accept a label in place of a story. And what I mean by that is, when we look at the lives of other people, don't just say, because somebody's involved, because somebody's a a priest, because somebody's religious, because somebody has a, a lay leadership position in the parish or diocese or whatever, that they are, they've already made it as a Catholic. Um, we don't know what's going on in their hearts, right? And so our, our posture before them should always be one of love and one of evangelization. That is that I can be a light of Christ to everybody. And that goes for the people around us who don't go to church. And so to get to know people and their stories helps us to understand where they are and what they need. And so in our evangelization during Lent, I just challenge everybody, maybe start to ask the Lord, if I'm supposed to be extraordinary God, and so is everybody else, Help me to have the eyes to see those right in front of me that I can evangelize today and help me have the courage to follow through. And I think that really is going to set us on a course to to start to try to be holy and different looking Catholics. Well, thank you so much for the uh, exhortation. You're always full of encouragement, and uh, and you bring that that fire. and it, And you you need the Holy Spirit to be able to to really share our Lord uh, uh, the the way that we need to. So I, I really appreciated uh, Marcel. Real quick, where can our listeners read your entire blog, uh, Pathway of Discipleship: A Model to Help uh, Guide You and Others? Yeah, you can find it at Catholic Missionary Disciples, and I'll keep uh, all those listening today in my prayers. Thanks so much. Marcel Lejeune, president and founder of Catholic Missionary Disciples at catholicmissionarydisciples.com. We're going to take a a short break. When Morning Air returns, our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, will be with us once again to share some more creative ways of uh, doing the Lenten traditional practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So stay with us. There's much more to come on Morning Air. We'll be right back after this short timeout. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day, this is Morning Air. 
Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. When I wake up in the morning, love. And the sunlight hurts my eyes. I'm just enjoying that tune. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and producer Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Thursday after Ash Wednesday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm so glad that you can make us part of your morning uh, to help you through these 40 days of Lent. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from Revelation 3.20. Our Lord Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to hear his voice. He knocks on the door of our hearts, inviting us to sup with him, that is to eat his body and blood in the Holy Eucharist. Christ desires a close intimacy with every single one of us. The question is, do we really take advantage of this gift of love, this sacrament of love in his true presence, substantially present in the sacred host under the appearances of bread and wine in the most holy Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Let's start today, still early in Lent here on day two by opening the door of our hearts and letting our Lord Jesus feed us with the bread of life, the most holy Eucharist. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer that Drew Mariani prays every day in the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Our number, if you want to be part of the program this morning, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Now, yesterday with Ash Wednesday, we, of course, began the season of Lent. As our next guest says, it's a time of spring spiritual house cleaning uh, to really look at ourselves more carefully and, and see just exactly where we need a conversion of heart. After all, that really is the goal. Our Lord wants our heart. He wants 100% of our heart. There are three traditional practices associated with this Lenten season. That's prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Joining us live is our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, uh, to talk about of all three of uh, these disciplines, uh, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and also some non-traditional ways and creative ways uh, to live these practices. Father Kabicki is a Jesuit priest, a retreat director, and a spiritual director at the St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. And a longtime relevant radio contributor with his daily prayer reflections, as well as a contributor just about from the very beginning here on Morning Air. Good morning, Father Kabicki. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again here at the beginning of Lent. Good morning, John, and happy Lent. You know, sometimes people wonder why we would say Happy Lent because we think of this as as maybe a sorrowful season, but but actually it's a, a a happy season. It's a season in which we prepare ourselves to celebrate in a in a more profound way the love that Jesus showed us when He walked the way of the cross and died for us on the cross and then rose. Because this you know season basically prepares us and leads us up to the resurrection of Jesus at Easter time. So uh, I like to say happy Lent because we have this happy time of grace that God has given to us. 
Well, happy Lent uh, to you too, Father. Uh, a wonderful perspective. I mean, we're on this journey together, uh, 40 days, and, and uh, taking us uh, to the uh, the Easter Triduum and uh, those uh, three important days that really changed the course of history. Before we talk about Lent, uh, can you give us uh, just a, a brief thumbnail about uh, today's uh, saint of the day, Saint Polycarp? Who was this early church father, bishop, and martyr? Well, that's that's right. I'm glad that we can talk about him as well. You know, during Lent, we still have saints that we commemorate. We don't remember them in quite the uh, the big way that we do outside of Lent in ordinary time, but we do commemorate them and remember them because they're important parts of the communion of saints. They're interceding for us and helping us. And so St. Polycarp in particular, I think, is is an important saint for us for a couple reasons. One is that he was a second-generation Christian. He, According to tradition, he was the disciple of St. John the Apostle, and so he he's very close to um, to the Lord and to this apostolic tradition that we have in our church. And he was made a, a bishop in Smyrna, which is now in modern day Turkey. Um, and he lived to the ripe old age of 86. Uh, when he was 86, uh, he was being forced, as it were, to offer incense to idols, and he refused to do that. And some of his friends were trying to intercede for him to say, now, look, why don't you just go through the motions? And, you know, here he is, 86 years old. And the quote that we have from him, uh, according to uh, people who were eyewitnesses, he said the following. He said, for 86 years, I have been Jesus' servant, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme against my king and savior? And so with that, he was led off to martyrdom. But I think he's a, a good example for us of faithfulness over the years. And uh, I like to say that you're never too old to give witness to Jesus Christ. Without a doubt. And uh, and, and I think that uh, he's also a reminder for every one of us, what would we do? If somebody challenged us in that kind of way about our faith, how would we react uh, in this day and age? That's right. And this is where, you know, I think he's a, a good saint for us during this Lenten season because um, we, as we examine ourselves and, and ask ourselves, how faithful am I to our Lord who has been so good to, to me? Uh, as we ask ourselves that question, we then may encounter fears or obstacles that we have to our witnessing or living our faith. And so that's all part of this season of Lent, to be purified and strengthened in order that we might be better witnesses to Christ. Uh, yesterday, I celebrated Mass with uh, over 200 grade school students at Divine Mercy Academy in South Milwaukee, or Divine Mercy School in South Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, I focused on the second reading where St. Paul says, we are ambassadors of Christ. And I asked the kids, you know, what does that mean to be an ambassador? And of course, you know, to be an ambassador is to be a representative. And so if we are to be good, authentic, representatives of Jesus Christ, that means that, you know, we, we have to look at ourselves and see, are there certain things that 
would make us bad representatives, that uh, people would point to us and say, oh, you're a follower of Jesus, but look at what you're doing. Uh, and so we really are called to an integrity of life during this uh, Easter, uh, excuse me, Lenten season by uh, being more faithful to uh, the gospel. Well, you were blessed to be with all those kids yesterday uh, on Ash Wednesday, and uh, uh, what what a, a perfect tie-in. I believe, I thought I heard Drew talking about it, was the anniversary of the image of Divine Mercy. So to be at the Divine Mercy School with all those kids, uh, what a blessing, Father. It sure was. And, um, you know, it's always uh, a privilege to be uh, able to help at parishes where, um, you know, a priest might have quite a few masses or services on Ash Wednesday and to be called upon to to help and especially to, to be with the little ones. And of course, you know, in the back of our celebration space, there was also uh, the um, adult parishioners who come to uh, to weekday mass there, and so uh, it was. It was really wonderful to be with them. And I have to tell this little story, John, that as as I was at the back of our our space, and and people were leaving uh, the church. Um, one of the ladies came up to me and um, she said, as soon as I heard your voice, I recognized you because <laughs> I listened to Relevant Radio and I, I heard your voice and I, I knew that was Father Kabicki who was uh, celebrating with us today. So it's, it's always wonderful to go out to the parishes and to uh, meet so many of our listeners uh, out there in the world. Well, Father, God bless that lady. Uh, you have a unique voice, and uh, I, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, she was able to see you uh, in person. Uh, Father, we need to take a, a break. Uh, when we come back, I, I want to talk about uh, more about Lent. Let's dive into the significance of Lent and, and how um, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving are all interconnected. So uh, we're going to continue our discussion. I want to also invite our listeners, uh, if you want to share with us what you're doing for Lent this year. Uh, if you're doing something different uh, this time around, uh, if you have any creative ideas that maybe we haven't thought of uh, about how to make uh, this uh, Lent uh, special, we'd love to hear from you. I know Father would love to hear from you. Uh, we're taking your calls for Father James Kabicki. 888 is the number. 888 But please don't wait till the very end because I hate to be able to, to have to turn you away sometimes when we get too many phone calls there all at once. We're going to take a short time out as we continue our conversation with Father Kabicki. Stay with us. There's more to come on the other side. the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. I hope you're awake by now. Welcome back to Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us as we continue our uh, fabulous conversation uh, with Morning Air contributor Father James Kabicki, our spiritual director. We're talking about uh, some creative ways of uh, doing the traditional Lenten practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. 
would love to hear from you if you want to chime in. Again, the number is uh, 888-914-9149. If you have any ideas uh, you want to share with us uh, here with uh, Father Kabicki. Uh, Father, um, let's talk about the significance of uh, this Lenten season and how prayer, fasting, and almsgiving are all interconnected. Okay, John. Well, first of all, when we pray, our hearts uh, are becoming more and more like the heart of Jesus. They're, that our, As we open ourselves up to the gospel, we let the values of Jesus enter into our hearts. And that should lead us to a greater simplicity of life, to greater solidarity with the poor and vulnerable who had a special place in Jesus' heart. So as we share Jesus' affection for those who are poor, it leads us to want to simplify our lives, perhaps to consume less, to fast. And then that fasting can lead to um, our giving alms to those who are poor. The money that we save through our fasting uh, can lead to our uh, putting money into perhaps our parish's rice bowl or other charities that we might have. So I, I think all three of these practices are, are connected. Uh, what I'd like to... Uh, let's say, propose to our listeners is that we might think of these in a sort of non-traditional way. And rather than fasting from food or caffeine or alcohol, to think about fasting in terms of our use of time. So how much time do we spend on television or with our devices? Uh, how much time do we spend with social media or watching breaking news stories? And if we were to fast, from some of those things, that would give us more time for prayer. Prayer in which not we're not just simply saying prayers, but also perhaps opening ourselves up to listening to God better through spiritual reading. And then uh, in, in turn, our uh, saving time um, through uh, our fasting from social media might give us more time to spend on uh, people who are in need uh, so that we can give them uh, not simply a donation, but what is most precious to us, which is our time. And so it might be somebody that we know who is alone, uh, who we haven't communicated with in a long time. We might reach out to them by visiting them or sending a letter or email, uh, calling them on the phone. Um, I think that's uh, a creative way as well of uh, a work of charity and almsgiving is by spending time with people. Um, so those are some thoughts that I had about uh, how we might use our three traditional Lenten practices in a more creative way. And when you think about it, the average person, both adults and, and, and youngsters, uh, spends so much time uh, watching TV, uh, on social media, on the devices. If we just uh, just cut even in half that amount of time, it would open up plenty of time to spend time in prayer, to do some spiritual reading, to read the scriptures, uh, to pray the rosary. I mean, there's so many different ways. It's uh, it's endless. And literally, uh, in the first hour, we actually talked about 40 different ways to get more out of Lent, a, a, a way for every day of the season. So uh, everybody has their own um, respective way of how uh, they want to uh, get the most out of this uh, very special uh, time, the uh, Lent. Um, we are going to go to some of our callers of Father Kabicki. Uh, Kevin is joining us uh, from the land of Lincoln, from Illinois. Kevin, good morning. Uh, welcome to Morning Air. You're on with Father Kabicki. Good morning, John. Good morning, Father. Uh, this is actually something from last year, but um, I'm kind of in my late 50s. And so 
uh, when I was growing up, you know, the, you know, saying the rosary and everything was, I don't know if it was actively suppressed, but you never heard about it much, even in Catholic school. So uh, actually last year, I decided that instead of, in addition to giving up a small vice, I would add a virtue and try to pray the rosary every day. So um, I did, and I made it through Lent and, you know, didn't miss any uh, days. And so then I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it and, uh, and pray it every day. And um, I've pretty much done that. And it's, uh, I think it's been very good for me. Wow, Kevin, that's that's really good. It's an important reminder to us that Lent is not simply about giving things up, but also um, offering more time to the Lord through our prayer. And uh, I, I, what you describe is, I think, has been a, a common experience of many people that uh, the practices of, of whether it's weekday mass or the rosary or some other prayer that they started during Lent became something that uh, was so important to them that they continued it beyond Lent, and uh, that helped them grow in their spiritual lives even more. So thanks for, thanks for that suggestion, Kevin. Thanks so much, Kevin, uh, and, and congratulations. Uh, keep up the good work in praying the rosary. Father Kabiki, just real quick, uh, I had a chance uh, to uh, uh, chime in uh, on uh, my uh, television in our living room last night and uh, watch uh, F- Father Rocky's uh, beautiful uh, Family Rosary Across America on uh, the road at Ave Maria University. Um, the, the bishop uh, Bishop Duane was there. The place was packed. Oh, what, a, what a great event. Wow, that is amazing. Ave Maria down in Florida. That's um, a wonderful place where, you know, the the faith is being passed on to students and also preparing them to be on the front lines as lay people working in the world. So I'm glad you had an opportunity to watch Father Rocky down there. Absolutely. Um, I, I wanted to talk about uh, some of uh, uh, these other ways uh, that uh, you're suggesting uh, that we try to get the most out of, of our Lenten season here. It, you know, I think that spending some time doing spiritual reading, feeding our minds, transforming our minds by, by reading um, you know, good Catholic stuff, I think is, is, is something additionally that we can do here during Lent. That's right, John. As we fast in our use of uh, our time uh, and using the media, you know, that gives us more time for, for prayer and for other people. And in particular, you know, we often think of prayer as saying prayers or reciting prayers. And it was St. Augustine who once said that when we uh, recite prayers or have vocal prayer, we're talking to God. But when we read, we're listening to God, especially when we're reading the scriptures or a good spiritual book that inspires us. And so I think, you know, taking even 15 minutes a day and having uh, a good spiritual book, whether it's The Imitation of Christ or I love Father Jacques Philippe, uh, who is a great spiritual author, um, or to take a life of the saint and to be inspired by that life the way St. Ignatius Loyola was that led to his conversion. Uh, all of these are, are good ways of listening to God and uh, opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit uh, through spiritual reading. Well, we have time for Lisa, who's joining us this morning uh, from uh, St. Charles, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Lisa, welcome. Good morning. Uh, you're on with Father Kabiki. Hi, good morning. Um, for Lent, I gave up uh, talk radio and news shows and instead, um, I'm listening to Relevant Radio all the time. I put it on when I'm at home or at work, 
And I'm also, uh, instead of listening, watching TV, I'm reading the half-read religious books I've been wanting to read all year. So it's great. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, you're welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Wow, I love that. The half-read books, I know exactly what you mean, where I might start a book and then get busy and put it aside. And so to pick up those half-read books and to uh, turn off the the news uh, that often just agitates us and listen to relevant radio instead, great suggestions for us, Lisa. It's a it's a beautiful thing. It's amazing what what you can actually get done when you turn off uh, the the TV and watching network uh, news shows and uh, if you, you just a few minutes a day. Father, I'll tell you, I, I started uh, in fact even before Lent, but I'm obviously made a commitment here in Lent uh, to spend every night right before bed uh, reading uh, Thomas Akempis' uh, classic, uh, the My Imitation of Christ. Uh, it, it is a, a incredibly powerful little book, and all you do is read one chapter every day. It only takes a few minutes, but it can really feed one soul. That is so true. And, you know, the founder of the Jesuits, St. Ignatius Loyola, kept a copy of that right next to his bed. And every night he would read uh, a, one of those chapters. And as you said, they're very brief, very short. You know, you can read one in less than five minutes. But then, you know, it's good to ponder a little bit what touches us. That's what uh, Lexio Divina is. It's not just reading something through to get, you know, to get through the chapter, but to pause and reflect on it a little bit. That opens us up to the work of the Holy Spirit. Great suggestion, John. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Lent is not just about, uh, you know, giving up chocolates and sweets. Uh, I think that uh, there's really a lot to be said for bringing something in that will help us in our relationship uh, with Christ. I think at the end of the day, it's really about our heart. Uh, you know, during the pledge drive, we talked about give from the heart. Well, our Lord wants our heart here during Lent. That's right. And, you know, again, that's where prayer, spiritual reading, uh, opening ourselves up to the needs of others, those are all ways that our hearts, which can be hardened by sin, can be purified and transformed and become more like uh, the wonderful, beautiful, sacred heart of Jesus, uh, which was so faithful to God the Father and is the heart that we want to have as well. So um, it's all about our becoming more and more like Jesus. Father, can you give us uh, your blessing? I'm happy to do that. Heavenly Father, as we've begun this great season of Lent, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to inspire us, to strengthen us, so that what we have begun we may carry through every day of this season, so that we may be better prepared to honor our Lord, your Son, Jesus, through those mysteries of his death and resurrection, and that we may be prepared at, at Easter to renew our baptismal promises. And may your blessing come upon us all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, Father Kabicki. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today called Service Above and Beyond. It's from successful stay-at-home moms on Facebook. My 18-year-old daughter was at Starbucks alone the other night. A man came up to her and started talking to her. A barista handed her an extra hot chocolate that said, quote, someone forgot to pick up. On the cup, it said, are you okay? Do you want us to intervene? If you do, just take the lid off the cup. 
how grateful I am for the people that look out for other people. As it was, our daughter did feel safe and did not remove the lid, but she let them know. She said the whole team was watching over her the rest of the time that she was there. A big thank you to the team at Starbucks in Corpus Christi. Philippians 2, 3, 4 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Always thanks so much, uh, Glenn. During Glenn, I want to encourage you to try to get to Daily Mass if you can and pray the family rosary across America with Father Rocky, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Thursday edition of Morning Air. For Glenn, Sarah, Gabby, our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you Friday on the next Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead.